0: To a socially distanced edition of the Pacino Pod, I am Jane, and I'm here with my good friend
1: Callie. Do you ha- do you think you have many insights about Dick Tracy?
0: Well, I have a lot of insights about Dick, but <laughs> whether I have insights about Dick Tracy, that's remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You know, we're all familiar with Dick Tracy, the classic comic strip that uh, only um, only boomers really care about, and older boomers at that. I never hear anybody talk about. You know, as opposed to like, you know, other comic strips. Even like, I don't even think Dick Tracy runs in newspapers anymore. I don't. I've never seen it. In a newspaper.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I ever really knew what it was beyond just people mentioning it, or like on you know crime shows. Now people will be like, "Who do you think you are, Dick Tracy?" It's just like
0: even since the movies come out. God, as about three years before I was born. So the movies, all, the movie is basically I think it's th- it's, th- it's thirty year anniversary this year, <laughs> Dick Tracy yeah. the movie so uh
1: it came out in 1990 let's see when the release date was oh so they went for it was a blockbuster release they went right for the middle of june
0: yeah it was coming off the uh, 1989 was like a banner year of when they all just like when studios decided that uh summer was the best time to release like big budget films um because that's when you had like big massive success of batman and indiana jones and a bunch of other movies around that time that just like did amazing numbers and so disney saw you know warner brothers success with the bet with tim burton's batman and they were like how do we copy that exactly <laughs> <laughs> what other 1940s detective series can we take and basically just replicate the exact model uh, that they used for Batman, and that's how we got Dick Tracy.
1: (laughs) The, the colors and the vibe are, are so similar to Batman 1989, like, before I knew that all this stuff that you were telling me about it, like, I was texting you, like, oh, this feels like Batman.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it, like, and you feel it right away, like, you know, I was doing, doing a little bit of research about it, and, like, warren Baby, i guess basically just wanted to replicate the feeling of comic strips as much of the comic strip as much as possible so that's why you get like these hyper stylized cities that look like you know with very bright colors like that match the like ink colors that you would see in the newspaper print and all the all the shots are like look kind of like they're in panel type like they're very static you know like everybody's kind of just the block, you know, like everything is just made to look like you could see these in like separate panels of comic, of newspaper comic strips. And I, I'm he's I trying to be as like authentic to uh, Dick Tracy as possible. But you made a great point when you texted me. <laughs> Why didn't they just make this a cartoon? Because <laughs> they, all of the villains in the film have these just horrible, like, I mean, the makeup's good, but all their faces are just horrible to look at, and, like, (laughs) it's just, like, contrasted with, like, the normal-looking faces of, like, Warren Beatty and his girlfriends and the kid. It just, like, it it just looks stupid, (laughs) you
1: know? Yeah, I mean, like, I understand after looking at the comics a little bit, which... Unless you've seen the comics, this movie really makes nothing, no sense, like, at all. But after looking at it, like, the, the bosses, or like, the crime bosses, it makes a little bit more sense. But still, I really don't get why they just didn't make it a cartoon. Because, especially, like, the little face one, I was reading about that guy, and that's a, like, child that they put in a giant head. Like, they, <laughs> they put, like, a little kid, and that's a little kid's face that they surrounded with prosthetics to make him look like he was a man with a very small face. And it's just, like, why did they do this? And, like, that, put all I this... I
0: didn't realize that. Jesus Christ. So stupid.
1: <laughs> I know. God,
0: that like... must have been hell for all of the character actors. Like, it must have been, like, because, you know, I, you, you hear horror stories about, like, how awful it is to act. With prosthetics on your face, like I remember um, reading about Jim Carrey when he did How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Like it was hell to get that whole like bodysuit applied like every day. Like it was just super hot and itchy and just like awful. And he had to actually <laughs> get CIA torture training <laughs> to be able to sit through the makeup application process every day. Like they they had to take him through like like, get an actual CIA person to, like, take him through the methods of, like, how to survive torture so that he can okay. get, get the makeup applied. So all I, could, all I could think of when I was seeing, like, all these people with all these prosthetics on, I was like, God, that must have been awful to, <laughs> to get it applied.
1: It seemed like they oh, also no. had a hard time. Yeah, the makeup designer was uh, John Caglione Jr., and I found two really interesting things about what the actor said about wearing the makeup al pacino like helped design big boy caprice his look like he doesn't exactly look like the, the comic strip alphonse caprice and they only
0: wanted to cast him because his name was alphonse they're like oh I'll just get
1: Al Pacino. <laughs> and then he was yeah. like well, jokes on you my name is short for alfredo <laughs> originally big and fat in the comics with a little nose he instead wanted him to have average height with enlarged hands nose and cheekbones so that he like seemed more like yeah his features were big rather than that he was just big and fat i guess and then... yeah i mean
0: that, that also sounds like al was like i don't want to wear a giant fucking suit the whole like fat suit the whole time <laughs> so i'll put the makeup on but i'm not gonna do that <laughs> Because also he, you know, if you think about it, he's the one that had to like pretty much wear that makeup the most, like to wear that stuff the most out of anybody. Because yeah, you got you had like prune Face and all those people, but they weren't in like yeah. He has the most speaking lines, and you know, and yeah, he was the main villain, so he was going to be in pretty much the entire movie. Um, Also, Al Pacino, best performance in the whole movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. So here's the other uh, the makeup thing. Um... R.G. Armstrong said that to be prune face he had to be- his face was covered with a gelatinous material called alginate which is similar to the stuff that dentists use for impressions of teeth. They had to make a life mask of him and then the makeup artist would sculpt prune face wrinkled mug over the life mask to form a second mold from which foam, latex, facial parts also known as appliances were cast. And those appliances were attached to his face in several sections. And the makeup session could take up to three hours for that. When asked what he'd do when the makeup artist would put on his prune face makeup, Armstrong said, "I just go to sleep." I think the like need to escape from that would like be worse than the actual like application process. Just feeling like you're getting like buried under something because like you're putting all this stuff like over you. Yeah.
0: All I could think of was like being at like comparison because you mentioned the the, the the dental material you could think of as like when you're at the dentist's office and the dentists have like you can't go anywhere because all the shit is in your face and it's like it's not like it's awful but it's uncomfortable. the fact that you can't like move your face or do anything like i'm sure it's just the fact that like he had no choice in the matter um but so i i mean i probably would be the same
1: yeah i mean when i read that detail about it being the same material as dental impressions i was like oh gross because whenever i get dental impressions i always throw up on the dental hygienist every time really yeah
0: that's like my biggest fear of going to the dentist is like throwing up during the process while they're working on my teeth because I'm always like I'm going to throw up and then they're going to fuck up and fuck my teeth up forever and it's going to be all my
1: fault. Oh my
0: god. That's always my thought process. I hate going to the dentist so much.
1: I hate it too. I've actually sprinted out of a dentist's office before. Like as a grown woman.
0: (laughs) I don't blame you. I I haven't been to the dentist in like a couple years at this point because I just I know I have to get more fillings done, and I don't want to sit. Um, anyways, we're talking about Dick Tracy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which is, uh, written, directed, and starring Mr. Warren Beatty.
0: Beatty, you know, classic actor from, uh, films such as Bonnie and Clyde, and also famous for messing up the, uh, Announcement of Best Picture a couple years ago and saying that La La Land won instead of Moonlight.
1: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he was the the presenter when that happened.
1: Jesus Christ. Well, he's old. He's very old. I was not, like, super impressed with Warren Beatty's performance or anything. I've never really been that impressed with—I've really only seen Bonnie and Clyde
0: i honestly can't think of too many other movies I know him from classic hollywood actor director or whatever i just apparently the studio was very apprehensive about having him direct this because he was like known for going very over budget and like going way like past deadlines and stuff to get things done and so they they put it in his contract that for like and each like for whatever, if he goes over budget at all, it just eats into his salary, <laughs> which he did go over budget on this movie.
1: <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I didn't like this movie. It's I, not good.
0: Um, not good. It's stupid.
1: I felt that it was it's the thing of like nightmares. Kid's really
0: fucking annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah, you thought the kid was annoying.
0: I thought the kid was annoying. Everything felt very focus grouped. Like. Okay, we gotta have a kid to appeal to the kid demographic, and we gotta have, you know, we gotta have the romance pod, and we gotta have, you know, the action for the dudes.
1: And you gotta have (laughs) Madonna's tits right there, and still rate it PG.
0: um, rated PG, even though you can see Madonna's fucking nipples clearly through her dress.
1: (laughs) I mean, which, thank you, touchstone. Pictures, which it's, uh, So it's funny Disney made this movie, but they released it under Touchstone because, I'm sure, because of Madonna's nipples.
0: Suppose, oh, and I because people get, like,
1: like, cement overcoats in this movie.
0: Yeah, it, it was Madonna's nipples and the fact that it's, like, a very violent film. Like, there's just, t- like, people just shooting Tommy guns everywhere. Even though you don't see any blood or anything, you'd still, like, just, like, massive amounts of people just firing guns all the time. And, also, you know, like, all I could think of was, like, if this came out today, like, there's no way this wouldn't be PG-13. It's, like, it is definitely a PG-13 film. And, like, I feel like Disney must have had to, like, have bribed the beings board to get put this out under PG, because it's just, it's, it's just, like, it's not a PG film.
1: <laughs> yeah, not at all. It's not family-friendly. Like, I wouldn't have shown this to my niece and nephew.
0: Like, and they still heavily marketed it towards kids. Like, there was, like, McDonald's Happy Meal toys with Dick Tracy. And, like, there was, you know, Disney was expecting this to be a massive, like, Batman-level blockbuster success. So there was, like, talks of making, like, a Disney World ride out of Dick Tracy. What? Like, it just, like, there's like, all these big, giant marketing campaigns, you know. And I was talking to you earlier today. Like, they, they basically just copied, like, Batman's marketing style like note for note because even down to uh because batman there was the yeah they got danny elfman to do the score the score for dick tracy sounds exactly like the score from batman it's like the same like it's just like if you listen to them back to back they sound they, they sound very similar and um they got a pop star to also put out a an entire soundtrack album because batman they got prince to do the full album and for dick tracy of course they got madonna to do it and madonna was in the film so i mean that makes you got even more brand synergy there so they don't even have to hire an outside artist because they can just use their actress to do it and you know madonna had a whole big dick tracy tour to to coincide with this film where she like performed as breathless Mahoney
1: oh my god did she really wow that is insane
0: yeah so like they really went all went all out on it and it did not do as well as Disney was hoping I didn't stop Al Pacino from getting his first Oscar nomination in 10 years for this movie though which after seeing it I'm like you know I don't mind that he got because he he is like the only like entertaining person in the film. He is Like doing whenever the most. he's on the screen, you like want to watch him. But I will but I will say, I think this performance is the first time like the first instance of like that caricature style that people think of Al Pacino as being like this big, loud, boisterous person. This is the first time that I think he really did a performance like that. Because <laughs> he really, he was like, I mean, he's, I mean, it fits the tone, like, it, like he, he's playing a cartoon character, basically, so you have to be like that, but it's like, you know, all the, I feel like this is the first time he really busted out that type of performance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where it felt, like, silly, specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved that scene where he was like, well, so he's the, the main antagonist in the in the film against dick, you know, he's like sparring with Dick Tracy throughout the movie. They keep getting each other and not getting each other. Ha ha ha. It's a classic cat and mouse. Um and uh, at the beginning he kills Madonna's boyfriend and then is like basically takes over his club and Madonna's career and Uh, so there's this scene where he's trying to get her to learn a different choreography, which I think is hilarious that he's the one teaching them the choreography, I guess? But he, like...
0: Yeah, that was one of the, that was one of the funnier parts of the movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He, he won't stop spanking them all, because they aren't getting it right. And it's, it's just so funny because, like, I've never seen him so, like, sexual in a film where he's so not-sexual you want to fuck big boy Capri? No, I do not want to fuck big boy Boy. (laughs) Capri. Shut up. No, uh, I just mean that, like, he's always, like, after Madonna. It seems like he's always kind of, like, snuffling after her, if that makes sense. Like, he's always, like, "Ah, ah, ah, Madonna, and then, like, spanking people left and right, and then he's just, like, this disgusting person. But then it's, like, in Bobby Deerfield where people would have been, like, well, that's fine. He was like very reserved. So that's yeah. that's that was that point.
0: You know, that'd be a good Twitter post. You should do a post this week where you put up a picture of Bobby Deerfield comparing him with like big boy caprice. <laughs> and, like would you <laughs> who would you tolerate oh, a
1: spanking oh, that,
0: no, from A really good one would be like how it like, you know, have you seen those like how it started plus like how it's going, those like tweets now <laughs> Bobby Deerfield or Big Boy Caprice? <laughs> oh
1: my goodness. So, I mean, like, people's, uh, your nose and ears never stop growing. Did you know that? Like, your entire life, your nose and ears never stop growing?
0: No, I didn't know that. That's weird as hell.
1: So if Al Pacino lives another 30 or 40 years, he could eventually look like Boy Caprice.
0: If he lives another 30 or 40 years, he'll be the oldest man that ever lived.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he'll be famous for a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One of the other, like, fun things about Al that I, uh, found for this was that Madonna flashed him during rehearsals, and he is quoted as saying that if he is old and he is observed with a beautific smile on his face, it will be because he is recalling that moment.
0: <laughs>
1: that she just, like, opened up know, her he's... robe and there was nothing underneath. Very
0: charming person, even. <laughs> I mean, she flashed him while he has all that shitty makeup on too considering
1: that her also, boyfriend was directing this yeah. isn't it yeah, strange that we're gonna talk she... about Warren
0: Baiting's like creepiness in regards to this fucking movie too
1: yeah I See, mean you were,
0: you were telling me about how like uh, Madonna wasn't the first choice for this movie right it was um what's uh, her name
1: um so
0: Sean Young... uh, she was in Blade Runner
1: she yeah. was considered for Tess, actually, for Tess Trueheart. Who oh, she was going to
0: play Tess, okay.
1: Plays, uh, that's Dick Tracy's uh, girlfriend, that character. Um, she was fired after a few days of filming by Warren Beatty, um, and then she publicly ap- accused him of firing her because she wouldn't fuck him. And then, you know, later other people were just saying that she was demanding and that he made a mistake in hiring her. So it doesn't seem like she ever really got any... Sort of like validation from the film industry for what happened to her. Well, you know,
0: that's always that's always the standard. If a uh, female actress complains about her uh, treatment by the uh, male director, they always spin it back around. Like, oh, she was difficult to work with. Like, I mean, they did the same thing with with Megan Fox, um, when she complained about Michael Bay being like, kind of a sexist creep on the Transformers movies. Like, Michael, Megan Fox is so difficult to work with. And it's like, oh, you're just like want to be treated like a human being (laughs) and not a fucking sex object.
1: Later, as I was reading more about Warren Beatty and Madonna, I realized that maybe he just isn't good at taking no for an answer, because whenever he proposed to Madonna after, like, a year of dating, and she she didn't even say no to him, she just kind of hesitated because they had been together for, like, a year and a couple months, um, he just immediately was like, well, that's just a friendship ring, and, like, broke up with her. Yeah, Warren Baby seems like a shithead. <laughs> and uh, also as a former boyfriend of Diane Keaton... And I thought it was really interesting because I've said this before on the podcast, that Diane Keaton quote about how, you know, she was like, Warren Beatty was beautiful, but Al Pacino, he was just the most beautiful man that I dated. He just had a really killer face. And so I think it's really funny that this movie is directed by Warren Beatty and that he makes Al Pacino absolutely disgusting looking in this uh, film.
0: And he gets to have several scenes where he beats the shit out of him. he
1: gets to kill him. <laughs> He kills him. <laughs> he throws him off like a a tower or something. I don't know. It was very dramatic and yeah, and also very Batman. clockwork.
0: Yeah, I like that. It just like I think that yeah, I really do think that's my biggest problem with the movie is that it just felt like they were trying to do Batman again.
1: Well, so Tim Burton you know, thought about just... directing this, but then he decided to make Edward Scissorhands instead.
0: Also a better, a much better movie than this. Yeah, like, of course, like, Disney was like, yeah, let's get Tim Burton to do Dick Tracy because they were like, well, he did Batman, and Batman was a huge financial success, and Dick Tracy, well, we want that to be our Batman. So, uh, yeah, we'll get the guy who made Batman. And and then Warren Beatty, I think Warren Beatty is just, like, this fucking, like, huge fanboy of Dick Tracy, like, because he's held on to the rights to it for, like ever since then like the reason why we haven't seen anything related to dick tracy since that movie came out is because Warren Beatty just keeps like being like yeah i'll make a sequel to it someday (laughs) he gets asked he still thinks he's gonna make a sequel to it even now and he's like what he's like i think he's like
1: he's like 80 as fucking
0: old as al pacino is
1: (laughs) he's 83
0: he's older than al pacino
1: (laughs) yeah like the, the
0: and apparently the way that he like cause like there's a clause in his in the like rights contract that like in order to hold on to the rights of Dick Tracy you have to make something with the intellectual property and of course nothing has come out from Dick Tracy since 1990 so in order to get around that he did he did like this AMC special in like the mid 2000s where he like dressed up as Dick Tracy again and like literally, like, film critic Leonard Maltin, like, interviewed him in character as Dick Tracy, and that was how they got around, like, not oh getting God. written, like, not losing the rights to Dick Tracy.
1: <laughs> I read that John Landis was considered, uh, to direct this, but he was going through some, like, crazy legal trouble. H- are you from, was that, like... Was
0: that stemming from the Twilight Zone stuff? Yes! Where he, like, where, like, he murdered, like, he murdered uh an a- three actors with his fucking negligence.
1: Okay, so I knew nothing about that. What is that all about? Do you know?
0: Oh, yeah, so while filming the Twilight Zone movie, um, John Landis, there was, like, they were filming, like, a helicopter scene with, like, the actor Vic Morrow and a couple of, uh, child actors, and I guess the, the helicopter malfunction or something happened with the helicopter where it flew too low and, like, decapitated Vic Morrow and the two girls, like, the two young girls. And, uh, yeah, so John Landis got brought up on murder charges, as he should have. Yeah, so he got charged with
1: manslaughter. Because
0: he's rich. He did not get—nothing happened to him because he's rich. And, you know, John Landis is a piece of shit, and his son, Max Landis, is an even (laughs) bigger— I almost said he's an even—it's hard to be an even bigger piece of shit than a guy who was directly responsible for, like, the murder of three people— through his own fucking negligence and has no remorse over it. But yeah, Max Landis is a sociopathic piece of shit. On a side note as well, you might have to cut this out because it's kind of it might be a little bit libelous, but
1: <laughs> I used to
0: post, I still post on this wrestling message board and um, it's very, very strongly, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty much confirmed at this point but that Max Landis was using a uh, fake, was using an, an account on that uh, board to post I'm pretending to be Max Landis' girlfriend and like he would yeah it was weird as fuck and you can look it up later and if you want to cut this whole part out please it's okay too it's cause, interesting. I, cause Max Landis is kinda I don't want him to sue me
1: but I um, at least wanted to mean, talk yeah. about John Landis's manslaughter charges. Like, I had never heard about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and here I am being like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, if John Landis, you know, your dad deserved to go to fucking prison for life, but, you know, that's, I'm more <laughs> concerned about...
1: Max <laughs> Landis. ...accusing him
0: of being on a message.
1: Max Landis, who terror. I have no idea who the fuck that is, other than now knowing that he's John Landis's son.
0: Oh, Max Landis, he, um, he, uh, directed a sh- few shitty movies.
1: <laughs> you have very no good Ultra. things to say about him. Oh, I've seen that. Uh, you
0: know, I mean, yeah, he directed that, and he also wrote um, Bright, a Will Smith uh, Netflix movie. Hmm. Remember that, where like Will Smith would like work cops. It was like it was like a big deal when it came out, but it was really bad.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, look it up on Netflix when it's <laughs> Brights were really stupid. Oh yeah, because like Mac Flanders had this quote on Twitter going around. When he was writing it where he was like if things go th- the way that i'm seeing it bright could be my star wars oh my. and then if you look at bright it, you can see how like stupid that actual statement really is
1: almost as <laughs> so stupid as thinking that dick tracy could be your batman
0: yeah yeah that's a good analogy <laughs>
1: Okay, I mean, so people already look at Batman as kind of like a shitty superhero, right? Because he's just a rich guy with a utility belt. So let's start there. Then you're like, okay, Dick Tracy is literally, he's just the detective, doesn't have a utility belt. He has a kid that he's like fostering. He's a detective
0: with a radio watch. That's the only (laughs) cool thing. He has a radio watch.
1: He has a radio watch. Otherwise, he's
0: just a fucking detective in a yellow trench coat but really just fires guns everywhere
1: he almost gets killed multiple times in this movie and is saved by an eight-year-old boy and then like there's a part in the movie where he is trying to save his girlfriend and he jumps through a skylight into a room that they then lock him into and there's like fucking, like, seven minutes of this movie is I'm just trying to figure out how to get out of this room. It's, It's like, he's nowhere near even, like, Batman, who is already on uh, what I consider, like, the lower tier of superheroes, which I know is kind of a scandalous thing to say, but... I
0: like Batman, even though I recognize the flaws. He's
1: <laughs> I just I just think
0: out of all the... I think on a, just a movie level... Batman, out of all the superheroes, has had the more most interesting movies. Um, That's true,
1: and they're like they're dark and cool and stuff. But he's he's still a cop.
0: Yeah. Oh no, he's a. That's thing. You go from. I mean, because at least because you can see. I mean, Batman is a cop. But at least he's like not directly a fucking cop, whereas but Dick, Dick Tracy, <laughs> Tracy is literally a cop.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just on the police force. Also,
0: this is the first Al Pacino movie. That is def- definitely not a cap.
1: <laughs> Although Al Pacino himself in the movie is, as you pointed that's out, that's true. What did He's
0: he say? A- Al Pacino himself is still a cap. Even, God, I, I, like, I, I messaged you right after he said the the, the line and that we should make a T-shirt out of this, and I have to look up what that what that exact quote was because it was so funny. Oh yeah, I said we should make an A cab shirt of, um, Al saying, you stupid cop. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, yelling at Dick Tracy, you stupid cop.
1: <laughs> Doesn't he, he, like, throws something at him as he, like, yells that? <laughs> that's great. There's also a part where he calls him, like, you big dick or something like that.
0: Oh yeah, he says, yeah, he says you dick. He, say, he calls him dick a couple times in a, like, way that's not his name. Right. Also... <laughs> <laughs> another point you brought this up today too <laughs> the kid because part of the like part of the subplot is the kid wants he's gotta pick a name he can't be called the kid he's gotta pick a name he's a little of course he's a little he's orphan boy a little right? street urchin
1: who and dick tracy acquires at the beginning of the movie by beating up whoever else was in possession like he beat up a
0: random homeless man
1: who yeah who i was, guess he had
0: a home um, it was like a shack
1: that is true. Uh, yeah, so he Dick had Tracy a starts off
0: by beating up poor people. <laughs> I guess he was an abusive
1: prick. He's a he cop. Was beating up the kid. What else is he supposed to do but beat up homeless people? <laughs> um, so yeah, he beat a, he beats up a homeless man for the kid, and then he's like, "You're my kid now," and he kind of like loosely fosters this child throughout the movie. And then the kid is like, "I want you to adopt me," or he like decides to change his name to Dick Tracy Jr. And while I think that that was a sweet part of the movie and a very loving gesture, uh, Dick is short for Richard. <laughs> just... Unless
0: his name literally is Dick. I guess I guess we're supposed to think is that's his. I mean, my great grandfather was named Dick. So like, I guess it's. But maybe he was. I don't know if his name was actually Richard or. If, I just, everyone says his name was Dick, so I think his name is actually, so maybe Dick actually isn't a a name, not just a nickname.
1: You know, my grandpa's like that too. His name was Archie, and I was like, was that short for Archibald? And my dad was like, no. And I was like, okay, so what was Archie short for? And he just kind of like looked out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyways, so, yeah, the kid was a a child actor um, who was also in Hook, uh, which Dustin Hoffman is in this movie, he was also in Hook, which was that Robin Williams movie about Captain Hook and the fucking Lost Boys and Peter Pan. I loved that (laughs) movie when I was a kid.
0: (laughs) I've never seen Hook. Really. Yeah, no, I've never never watched it. Dustin Hoffman, this is actually, you know, we've talked a lot about their rivalry. This is the first film that both Al Pacino and Dustin Hoffman were in, and uh, Al Pacino had the much bigger role, so good for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dustin Hoffman plays Mumbles, and he had to be under also quite a lot of makeup. There was an interesting thing about his makeup, too. Dustin Hoffman wore a bald cap and wig, rubber eyelids, rubber lips, and a rubber chin to play Mumbles. The makeup artist said that while he was having his makeup applied, he would use that time to practice his lines for the role as Shylock in The Merchant of Venice that he was uh, about to do.
0: Which, I think Al Pacino plays Shylock in The Merchant of Venice in one of the films that, and, like, I think we have, I th- I'm i pretty sure I remember reading that.
1: I thought so, <laughs> when too. I was
0: looking through his filmography.
1: I thought so, I too. Wanted,
0: I want to double check that, though. Okay go for it. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, Al Pacino in 2004 played Shylock and the Merchant in The Merchant of Venice, directed by Michael Radford, so we will be talking about that in a very long time from now.
1: <laughs> Man, I, I just didn't like all the prosthetics and shit. I thought it took away from the movie, honestly. Like, James Caan looks ridiculous in this movie, but he also was like, no thank you to the prosthetics, and, like, <sighs> I think everybody could have done that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the movie would have been fine if they were just regular looking gangsters. Although you would have had like the angry Dick Tracy fanboys. This isn't true to the comic characters. They don't look like
1: them. <laughs> Do you think there <laughs> are just gangsters? Do you think there are Dick Tracy fandoms and fanboys?
0: Not anymore. If there is, um, well, I mean, there's enough for there to be a Dick Tracy wiki. Wikia, uh, you know, and the, those fandom wikis that have like character bios for everyone in the fucking series, and like, so. I'm sure there's still a small community of Dick Tracy fans out there, but. Do you uh, think
1: we could get Warren Beatty to fund a movie about, like, if we made another, like, Nancy Drew?
0: Why would Warren Beatty find Nancy Drew?
1: (laughs) Just be like, it's really important to me, and nobody cares about it. Maybe that sounds familiar to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, if you want to see Callie direct a Nancy Drew film,
1: (laughs) oh, I'm writing, producing, and directing. and starring
0: and starring nancy. you're gonna star as nancy drew not as an adult nancy drew you're going to star as the 13 year old nancy drew when <laughs> nancy... everybody's going to ignore that you're an adult woman
1: no nancy is 17 thank you very much um but <laughs> i will still play her as a 25 year old um i will do nothing to look younger and i will still have a dad that's like barely older than me <laughs>
0: I'm going to start this, uh, hashtag, hashtag, like, Nancy Drew 2024, whenever the hell it would come out.
1: <laughs> you know, she's, she's our Wonder Woman. That's how we'll pitch it to Disney. Did Disney make Wonder Woman? <laughs> I don't like, know. Is, <laughs> if this no, uh, means Wonder anything. Woman is
0: a DC character, and, uh, Warner Brothers owns Wonder Woman. Warner
1: Brothers.
0: Disney's Wonder Woman version was, like, Captain Marvel, that's what they attended
1: it. Oh, um, so Alphonse Big Boy Caprice is also based off Al Capone, so this is the second movie where uh, Pacino is playing a character that is based off Al Capone, because Scarface.
0: Maybe someday he can actually play Al Capone before he dies.
1: I don't think Al Capone ever lived to be as old as Al Pacino currently is, so it'd have to be, like, how he played Jimmy Hoffa, where they, like, made him look a little bit younger.
0: They did, uh, they did just make an Al Capone movie with Tom Hardy, but I haven't All seen
1: right.
0: it. A pound. I don't know if it's good or not.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever down for those moody Tom Hardy movies.
0: I don't know if I'm really down with Tom Hardy, honestly. I don't really know if I like him <laughs> or not.
1: I will say that, like, after his role in The Revenant, I kind of felt differently about him. But I don't wanna hold he, like a character against somebody, like just because his character was like a racist asshole murderer. Like, yeah. but that's still what I see when I look at him. It's like kind of how uh, whatever Martha Stewart wouldn't date um Hannibal Actor. Anthony Hopkins.
0: Anthony Hopkins. <laughs>
1: She couldn't stop. I bet like every time they went out to dinner, she thought about him being like a nice Chianti and a side of fava beans.
0: <laughs> and it's like, nope, can't do it. Yeah. Do <laughs> have <laughs> anything else you would like to add about Dick Tracy? Because I think I've pretty much covered every wow. point that I wanted to make. Oh, uh, uh, I mean, I guess there could talk about how this was all, you said this was one of the last movies to use map-based paintings as the background.
1: Which I thought was really Um, pretty, actually. I really liked using, like, I like the idea of using a painting as a backdrop for especially this type of movie where you're going for, like, a specific aesthetic. And like you were saying, mm -hmm. the comic strips uh, aspect of it, trying to make it look like that, it worked perfectly.
0: Yeah, that was pretty good. Although, I mean, there's definitely some parts that I could tell it was, towards the end, it looked kind of green screened.
1: The makeup designers John Caglione Jr. and Doug Drexler said that they had a, a really hard time keeping makeup on Al Pacino uh, for the for the filming because like every time they went, like they weren't. Anytime Al Pacino wasn't in front of the camera, he wanted to be eating. <laughs> and so they said that they, <laughs> uh, their biggest scare came when Drexler discovered Al Pacino in full makeup eating a big bowl of spaghetti. And they were like, fuck! Like, they were just so worried that he was going to mess up his makeup. And so after that incident, several production assistants were designated as makeup police to follow around Al Pacino and keep them out of the pasta.
0: That's so cute. Oh my god, that, like, that's a lot like, um, you know, you, I don't know if we talked about this last week for the local stigmatic, but he was, like, always eating chicken during the filming of that.
1: Oh, yeah. And they
0: call, like, what was that, what was that nickname? It was, like chicken
1: owl or something um let remember. me look that up real quick i forgot about that i think i just texted that to you because i know how much you love chicken
0: oh my god i do i'm it's making me hungry right
1: now <laughs> <laughs> al pacino reportedly ate so much chicken between takes that he earned the name alp chicken
0: alp <laughs> chicken that was what it was <laughs>
1: Uh, once filming wrapped, he was so horrified by his poultry intake during the shoot that he became a vegan, but it only lasted, uh, about 17 and a half hours, so. But he, uh, he did donate his- You do not
0: call yourself a vegan for less than a freaking day. If that's all you
1: eat, I guess 17 and a half hours, he saved a few chickens. But um apparently I, I
0: have gone meatless longer than that. <laughs> Just without even declaring myself
1: vegan. He uh, he donated all of his his fee from the local stigmatic to a chicken sanctuary in Aberdeen, Scotland.
0: Oh that's nice. That was nice
1: of him. What a sweetie. <laughs> I for I completely forgot about that. Man, this man loves food. How how is Al Pacino still like slender?
0: Money. <laughs> if you have that much money, you can probably get a personal trainer pretty, pretty easily.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He seems like he, uh, just has one of those metabolisms, that kind of motherfucker.
0: Yeah, and it's probably not like he's, you know eating mcdonald's every day she's probably eating like high quality
1: food <laughs> oh wait but he has. do you remember that story that we found it was like from the moth and it was uh somebody that had worked in a restaurant in new york and al pacino came in and he ordered like a salad or something and then he like stopped the waiter in the hallway and he was like hey can you make me like pasta with clam sauce and like bring it to me and but motion to me when it's ready so I'll come eat it here because they want me on a diet they want me to lose twenty pounds but he was like but I want pasta with clam sauce. <laughs> Do you remember that story that I showed you? See, and I just I just
0: find that so relatable because as someone uh, who likes food, I I also would probably have rather had the pasta with clam sauce than the salad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so this waiter that told this story, like, helped Al Pacino secretly cheat on his diet, and then Al Pacino gave him his email to give him acting advice afterwards. Thank you. That recording is uh, posted to our Twitter. I'll retweet it so that uh, it's, like, more recent by the time this episode comes out. But yeah, Al, just a sweet man with a big stomach and a big heart, sounds like. <laughs> There's really not been anything that I found out about him that I didn't like.
0: I know, I'm so glad that we picked him and not uh Jack Nicholson.
1: So, <laughs> Such <sure>, uh, a yeah. <laughs> My instincts were wrong.
0: <laughs> we have any more things to talk about Dick, uh, Tracy or otherwise?
1: <sighs> uh the makeup tests, uh I guess um Dick Tracy in the comics, has, like, a really hooked nose, but Warren Beatty didn't want that. I think it's funny that, like, there are certain actors in this movie that were like, nah, to looking fucking insane. But then our our man, Al, yeah. was oh. like, let me, desi- let me design it. I'll look fucking insane. No problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess it's just, like, another, like, Warren Beatty was like, no, I gotta look hot. I can't have, a, I can't have anything that." The- that, that, that messes up these movie star good looks. Notice how we've mostly just been talking about the set design and costumes and not the plot of the movie, because the plot of the movie is fun. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, that's really... The only
0: interesting things about this movie are the set design and the costume.
1: <laughs> All the that's driving this the plot of this movie is that Dick is trying to get Madonna to testify in court against Al Pacino's character, and then there's like various things that Al Pacino does. So it does. Yeah, you're right. It it it, it is just carried by the makeup and set and everything else. Yeah, feels the story,
0: the stories, almost it. you know, it's like, oh, you know there's a lo- possible love triangle but he doesn't because he loves the other person and you know none of these characters have much depth to them and here's another number of Madonna performing because we have Madonna in this film and uh, I don't know it just like I said it just feels very overly focused grouped like we have to hit demo- like each target demographic you know it's like we gotta have a love triangle for the women in the crowd, and we gotta have lots of gunfire for the men in the crowd, and there's gotta be a little kid, cause you know, you gotta hit the kid demographic, cause they gotta have someone to relate to too, and it's just like, who cares, <laughs> who gives a shit, I don't give a shit, I don't fucking care, it's corporate horse shit, fucked it Tracy.
1: Everybody that. <laughs> it. Everybody that thought about being involved in this movie and then did something else made the right choice. Like, I was texting you that, like, Martin Scorsese was considered to direct, and he decided to make Goodfellas instead, and <laughs> that obviously was a lot of awards, yeah. Uh, Macaulay Culkin was considered for the kid, he decided to make Home Alone, which was, like, his major role. I don't think his career he probably also just like this kid would have like quit acting after that or something yeah do you think dustin hoffman made this kid quit acting too
0: <laughs> oh god yeah i guess you haven't listened to our other episodes uh dustin hoffman um verbally abused
1: Justin Henry, the child
0: actor on the set of kramer versus kramer to uh to get that good performance out of him. Do you think Dustin Hoffman was method acting on Dick Tracy? Do you think he just only like spoke in mumbles around everybody on set, which is really fucking annoying.
1: A mumble version of Merchant of Venice.
0: <laughs> yeah, when he wasn't practicing for Shylock, he was just like someone walks up to him and like <laughs> like ask him if he needs some water, and he's just
1: like. <laughs> <laughs> So, I went to a wedding this weekend that was really fun, and it was officiated by, I'll just call him Pastor uh, he is a Lutheran pastor that did, like, a youth group that I was in a couple years ago, and he, like, took me to New York, um, on a service project in the Bronx. Um, there was also, like, a scavenger hunt to, like, help us learn the subways, and for some reason, he, like, had us do most of our scavenger hunt through the village and like these like leather shops and all these like sex shops and stuff so it's like all these like little christian kids like rifling through leather shops it was my first time in anything like that yeah so i saw him and it had been years so i was catching up with him and um a few years ago the the lutheran church announced that they were like okay with their pastors being gay and that if like anybody was gay and would like to be a pastor, that they could join the Lutheran Church, and and whenever they announced that, I was like, oh, great, because I actually am gay, and so I was talking to him about, like, what I've been up to, and he had never seen cruising, and so I was telling him that, like, my only experience with a lot of that was, like, in New York with him, like, because he made me go into these leather shops, and he was like, oh, was it, like, a super kinky leather shop or, like, a run-of-the-mill leather shop, and I was like, I don't know, I was, like, 19. I was like... A 19-year-old Kansas girl, like, with a wheat sticking out of my mouth. Like, they, it was all pretty fucking kinky to me. Yeah, uh, sorry, <laughs> I can't, uh, my cat will not shut the fuck up. Uh, my pastor was really excited to watch cruising. He was gonna go home and watch it with his husband, and hearing that sentence, I'm gonna go home and watch cruising with my husband, from my pastor, was like, my life is complete now?
0: Like,
1: Aww. oh my god,
0: that's so nice. That's like just like one of the most wholesome things about such a not wholesome movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about it, really, I was sending a man home to watch like somebody get fisted, <laughs> but I choose to look at it as heartwarming. So, uh,
0: it is a very heartwarming story, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's up next? We, the Godfather Part 3, right?
0: Godfather? You've seen it twice, right?
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I've seen it twice.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you if you don't want to watch it a third and time. And honestly, cause... the
1: second time I watched it, I was phoning it in.
0: So, that I look forward to this discussion, because <laughs> Godfather, first two are great. I have heard very mixed things about the third, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, a lot more incest than I'd prefer.
0: Well, this will be the second film we've covered uh, from Al that has a very heavy incest subplot to it, after Scarface. So.
1: <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Cali and Jane is at Static Blue Bat. Yes. There's no and question you can mark. Follow us. At, yes,
0: no question mark at the Pacino Pod at Pacino underscore pod. In the you yourself go.